Thanks for joining the Eventive Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host and event mentor, Sarah Brush, event professional for over two decades. My goal for this podcast is to share how events and sponsorships can help you build community, make an impact, and grow your business, and have lots of fun while doing it. By the way, don't forget to check the episode notes for valuable event resources exclusively for you. I appreciate you spending this time with me. Let's get this party started. Hello, thanks for being here. Today, I have two incredible guests, Haley Westfall and Stephanie Hendrick. They are the co-founders of Collab Culture, an Arizona West Valley-based membership community for female entrepreneurs and professionals. Collab Culture started as a passion project and turned into a full-scale business quickly. The community is strongly rooted in the core value of community over competition, offering things like monthly in-person meetings, trainings, additional online sessions, and Q&A a private online community, and a public member directory. Collab Culture has grown in all the best ways. Haley is also the owner of the West Collective, a social media management and strategy coaching agency, while Stephanie is a keynote speaker specializing in women's events for professional growth and development. Hi, Haley and Stephanie. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hi. Hi. I'm so excited to have you guys here. We are so excited as well. (laughs) So I did a little intro on both of you and collab culture, but I would love if we could just start and if you could just share about your business. And I know that you really found a need in the market to create collab culture. So can you tell us all about that? Sure. You want to go? You mean take it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, Haley and I are, we're like longtime Arizona natives. And so um, as the two of us found our way into entrepreneurship, one of the, I think most common things is entrepreneurs start to like try to be around other entrepreneurs and start to network and grow their own natural organic community. And so we found ourselves driving across town constantly for every single event, conference, networking event. I mean, anything we wanted to do was a minimum 45 minutes during rush hour traffic always, um, because it's always in the morning or the evening. And so you would lose half your day anytime you wanted to go meet other women to connect with them. And so it, as much as we loved it and it fueled us and we saw the value in community, we realized there was this significant need for it to be much closer to home and that there was a huge community of women like us on our side of town that probably were vying for the same thing. From that was kind of this tiny little seed of an idea that we we never really set out to do, but we just realized like, hey, if no one's done it, we better just create it because we we need it. So we ran with it. And did you have a lot of those women that were, you know, driving all over town, like in the same communities you were in um, before you joined, like started your own? Yeah, I think that the overarching theme when we met with people, I mean, we laugh now because we thought, oh, this will be so cute. You know, it'll be like five of us, (laughs) we'll go to a coffee shop and it'll be great. And we didn't truly understand how big the gap was until we started talking to people about it. And so many people were doing just that. I mean, especially if you really crave in-person connection, um, you know, a lot of things are either virtual or if you're here in Arizona, it's on the other side of town. And so people were losing an entire day, right. To go to a meeting that was two hours 
you know, or more. And so that was really something that people were like, oh, wait, I can do this and I can have this thing and be connected to people that are literally in my geographic community and create that sense of community amongst um, those women that are in my backyard. So yeah, I think we definitely found it was a resounding theme for the West Valley was that they were really craving something like this. So how did you even go, like, once you had that idea, how did you even start? Cause I know so many people just like really want to build these communities. And I know you grew really fast as you mentioned. So once you had that idea and you said, I am just so tired of driving so far, I love, you know, this networking and community, what happened next? And I feel like we just, we just put a date on, literally we, we put a date on the calendar and we just started getting together and hashing out, like, where would we need to start? Like, what's the path of least resistance? And I want to say it's almost exactly a year to the day actually coming up. Mm -hmm. We did like this pre-launch kickoff where we had at least taken the steps where like we came up with a name, we secured the domain and we created a Gmail and we're like, okay, <laughs> we're ready. We're killing it. We're killing it. <laughs> and then we, uh, we decided, I was like, okay, we'll have an event at my house. We'll invite 20 business owners. So Haley and I go and we're like oh, finding just 20 women that we, you know, either knew or, or were like easily referred to, there was a connection mm -hmm. where we're like, we're just going to like beta test this idea with them and put it out there and find out how do they receive it? And from the ideas that we put out with, like, this is how we'd want to format this community. What feedback do they have? And we decided we were just going to build what the women wanted. And so that original 20 women that showed up at my house that evening was our founding membership. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, um, when we kind of went in and built our initial framework, we took all the best parts of all the amazing communities that we had already been a part of, right? It wasn't that they weren't great and they didn't fill a certain need. It was just for us. We needed to, you know, we all have, we both have young kids. We needed something closer to home. And so um, we took all the best bits and pieces, left the things that maybe we weren't, you know, feeling super connected to, and we just kind of mashed them all together. And like Steph said, we went to this group, um, had this ultra cute, intimate, little swanky get together at her house. And we were like, listen, tell us if this is terrible, but this is <laughs> and PS it's launching tomorrow. <laughs> so like it. So how did you go about, well, first I want to say, I love that you did it at your house because I know that's one of the things that can get really expensive and kind of hard to figure out. It's just the cost sometimes that go into like booking these places to host these like meetings and events. So how did you figure out like pricing and then also just how you went about like finding locations to host these meetings once you launched? Yeah, I think we looked at pricing of like communities mm -hmm. um, and we just looked not only just in Arizona, but in other places, we kind of just did some market research to say like, what are other people charging? Honestly, initially we thought we were going to have all our meetings here at Stephanie's house. Mm -hmm. yeah. We thought we'd be that small. <laughs> yeah. We were like, we'll be small. Our overhead will be super low. We won't be renting out space. So we thought, you know, what is our capacity and kind of based our pricing from there. Um, we learned very quickly that was not going to be the case. Um, we, in our initial founding week, like our launch week, if you will, um, I think we had like 42 people sign up in wow. that first. And we're like, what, the, what just happened? Right. <laughs> and so we're like, okay, well, we're not hosting it at Stephanie's house, <laughs> big and beautiful, but also we're all going to be sitting on top of each other. Yeah. And quite frankly, we didn't want to have to be 
lugging in rentals of tables and chairs or having to Mm -hmm. purchase and store them. And that just wasn't a good use of our money. You know, we had come obviously out of pocket for this Mm -hmm. dinner, um, which we had put a fair amount of investment into. And so we just didn't want that cost right off the bat. So we kind of started looking at spots that would house us. Um, We wanted it to feel like an experience. We didn't want it to feel super sterile and boring. We wanted it to feel kind of vibey and fun, but we also didn't want to spend a fortune on it. <laughs> yeah. So our, our first official meeting um, was actually at a local coffee shop here, but they actually have a really cool event space that can house, I think just with chairs, it can house like 70 people or mm-hmm. something like that. So it's a good size room. They already had AV, they had refreshments on site. So it was a really great first place for us to start. And we met there, I want to say our first just, just two once. months. Was it two months? I, I think, think it was, yeah, because Sarah and I presented there as okay. well. Okay. So yeah, and then we were busting at the, all mm-hmm. the meanwhile, we were like, we have to find another space <laughs> real fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we just started looking for spaces and truth be told in the West Valley, it is slim pickings. Yep. It is slim pickings for spaces that are not, um, you know, a traditional hotel or something like that. And so we didn't have a ton to choose from. Um, and so we kind of just had our list of like, what are our non-negotiables that we want to have, right? If they're not going to have refreshments on site, we want the ability to bring in our own members, which I mean, we can talk about that later, but we have other local businesses that we bring in to do coffee or to do breakfast or whatever the case may be, if they didn't have stuff on site, you know, we wanted AV, we wanted easy access with parking. We just made a punch list yeah. and we're like, if they don't hit the list. Yep. They're not going to, it's not going to work. Right. Did you find some place then that you are doing the meetings at on a regular basis or are you switching around still? No, we were consistent. So once we had to move out of the coffee shop, we had found a a local city rec center. So it had a huge event space and you could rent it by the half room or the full room. Um, The half room was all that was available for our day of the month that we would use it on a recurring basis. And so it worked out for all of 2022. And then we had to find another newer space that we're actually beginning in for 23 this year. Um, that's actually attached to the Peoria sports complex. It's a really oh, cool, fun. modern, awesome room. That's right on site at the sports complex. So we're really excited mm-hmm. to be moving there this year. And it gives us a lot more room for growth. Yeah. That was and- the big thing is that, you know, getting landlocked, if you will, in some of these spaces and not having, you know, we, kind of know what the growth looks like or what it has trend, how it's trended. Mm-hmm. And so we had to make sure if we're going to go into a contract with a venue for six months, 12 months, whatever that looks like, does it give us enough buffer yeah. or are we all going to be lapping it on top of each right. other? Right. Oh, well, I love just hearing about your process of finding venues. Cause I feel like that is one of the areas that is like, can be such a struggle for people that are wanting to host live experiences is just all of those things on the punch list and finding a location that meets them. And I love how you mentioned, and let's definitely get into that, but how, you know, you have some of your members like bring in coffee and bring in different experiences to your meeting. So that's awesome. And how many members do you have now? It's about right under 120. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. That's so huge. Yeah. They're amazing. We are so fortunate. We talk about this all the time that it's like, the gift we didn't know we needed. Yeah. Right. Just this 
not little vision, but it, what it is now is not what our original no. vision looked like. It's so much greater, so much more amazing. Um, and these women are just so open and just honest and, you know, looking for true, genuine connection. There is, you'll see on all of our branding community over competition. That's like our cornerstone phrase. And we are just so, so passionate about making sure like there's a seat for everyone at the table you know, there's that abundance mindset of nobody's here to steal your business. Nobody's here to steal your ideas. Um, and if somebody does come in that way, then they're pretty easy to spot. And right. we've been fortunate enough that we have not run into that issue. Thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then just growing your community and for others that are listening that want to do the same thing. Do you have any tips around just kind of how you marketed it or, you know, what you felt like was really helpful to just like get people really interested to sign up and to stay? Well, I mean, we're, we're definitely on Instagram, right? And so Instagram, I think has been a huge propeller of just organically reaching people and allowing us to just be strategic. Haley does all of our social. I mean, that's what she does outside of club culture. That's her business. So that's her specialty. That's her area. You are never talking to me <laughs> on, on Instagram. Um, but so using that and then using word of mouth, I would say word of mouth has been so, so powerful. But again, remember that's because we're hyper-local and when you're hyper-local word of mouth is very easy and very powerful. So those, those two things are all we've had to use thus far. Yeah. I think the other thing I would add is that we are really focused on the experience and like how it makes people feel right. I think we sometimes get caught up in like the aesthetics of like, it has to be picture perfect mm -hmm. and we need balloon arches and we need all these things, which don't get me wrong. There's a time and a place for those. And there's specific events that we have used those things for, but in the, in this setting where people are really trying to make connection with people and to move the needle in their business, we want to focus on how they feel when they show up. And so we're really conscious about making sure like when people come in, like what's the vibe, right? Like what is the energy? How are they feeling? Do you, if we see someone that's like walks in and they're kind of looking around, like they clearly are new, like how can we go up and introduce ourselves and our, our members did cringe when we used to initially do this to them, but we randomized the seating. And so it's like, you can sit wherever you want, but you're going to move. Yep. Um, so and we good. Do, right. We do that purposely because you're not here because you need to sit at a table with someone that you work with three days a week. You know, if they work in the same space, you're here because you want to make new connection and we want to create an environment that's really conducive of that. So mm -hmm. I think that would be the big thing that when we're talking about, you know, how we just create that culture is that it's really, really intentionally focused on how people feel. And as women, especially we're like all up in our feelings, right? Much more, <laughs> much more than most men, I'm not going to generalize. Um, but I think we're just more in tune with that, like emotional response and you can almost see it on people's faces. Like when they walk in, if it's like the breath of fresh air where they're like, oh, this is great. Or when they walk in and they're like shell shocked. And we see that. Where am I? We see that too. <laughs> That's one area where we're, we're actually really different than other experiences I'd say we've had mm -hmm. in other communities where you'll hear people say, oh, I don't know if I want to be part of a community. It can feel very clicky or it seems like everybody already knows everybody. And 
we've experienced that. We've seen that we've felt that I, at least I'll speak for myself. I have absolutely felt that. And so we are so intentional about if you see us at an event that we're hosting or any, any monthly meeting, we're not together. Like, unless we're talking in front of the room and welcoming people on the microphone, we are not together because we are literally looking for who is sitting by themselves and trying to act like they're busy in their phone. And I'm like, Hey, what's your name? Tell me about yourself. (laughs) I love that. Making them feel seen. And that this is not a click and everybody here is, is on level playing field. Yeah. I love that. That's so important. It's just the way they feel. And that's what they're going to remember. Like, it's always nice to have a pretty room, but like what you said is just focusing on how they're going to feel is just so, so important. What about your programming? So when you started, did you just start with like one live meeting a month or like, how has that kind of started and developed through this year? Yeah. So it's changed. Um, so our initial pro it's one of those live and learn, right? When Mm -hmm. something is so new and it grows so fast, it's like an amazing opportunity for learning. So initially we started out with two memberships. So, um, we just had the membership. It was our only offer, but we had two tiers, if you will. Um, we found over the course of time, probably in the first six months, but really definitely at like the nine month part, nine month mark, that 95% of our people were picking our higher tier membership. Um, The price disparity between the two was pretty narrow. Uh And so it was almost a no brainer. Um, But for some people, they did go with the lower tier membership. Um, So we really had to decide, like, does it make sense for us to have a lower tier? And if so, the gap in pricing probably needs to be larger. Um, so we actually decided going into 23 to eliminate our lower tier membership, um, just because like if they were already on it, that's fine. Right. The people that were on the, on the lower tier only had access to the one monthly in-person meeting a month, which is the last Wednesday of the month. Um, everybody else had access to our online trainings in our private online community. Uh, in 22, we did a mind boggling (laughs) amount of (laughs) coordination and scheduling. We had speakers every week in 2020. Wow. Two weeks of content. Oh my gosh. So we, we we did speak, um, (laughs) we did like live business Q and A's, which was essentially like kind of open mic business coaching, which was great. Um, we did guest speakers that were outside of our community. We brought people in, we had speakers that were members of our community and it almost became information overload a little bit. Uh, there's a book that we talk about all the time, Retention Point, and it's kind of figuring out that perfect sweet spot of like, where can your pricing be something that feels like a value add to someone? And it's a, an investment that they are putting on the table, right, on their behalf, but you're not providing them so much that then they look at it like, well, I'm leaving so much on the table if I'm not utilizing all of this that is being provided. Yes, right? 100%. So we surveyed our members a couple months ago and asked them, what do you guys want? (laughs) What do you want? Uh, And we changed our format actually going into 23. So maybe you want to talk about the new format? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty simplified. We, we just alternate between virtual and in-person every other week. And so um, if you look at a traditional four week month, we're going to be virtual and doing like virtual networking where we're kind of mixing them up in zoom. Um, for some speed dating, if yeah. you will, breakout yeah. rooms, speed dating, which has been really fun. It's it's a little uncomfortable, but then it ends up being super powerful. 
Um, so we do that one week, the next week we're in person and we're at different coffee shops around the West Valley. So we have multiple locations they can go to where they just get together and get, they get to co-work, but also grab a cup of coffee and get to know a few people from the community on a much deeper level. Uh, then we have another, we have a virtual training the next week, which is usually one of our members speaking and training on something. And then we're in person. That's our big meeting the last week of the month where we're all in person at that venue we mentioned earlier. And we have a couple of speakers, usually members, um, that will be at the big in-person meeting. So there's lots of opportunity for people to be in front of the community and sharing their knowledge, their expertise, but also a lot of time to deepen those connections, which I think is what this is all about. Yeah. Oh, I just, I love how you shared about just the progression of just the membership. And now like you have just that one higher level, but you simplified it so much and it's what people want. So it's, it's so great to hear how you can just kind of develop it along the way, just from the feedback from the members. So I think that's so good for everybody to hear. And then another thing I wanted to ask you about, I know you had been considering doing an event. And I think for those people listening that, you know, have had it on their mind before, they're not sure if they want to do one. Can you kind of talk about just where you guys are at with thinking about an event? Yeah. So last year we did an event, a smaller scale event. Uh, we had a mastermind retreat with about 24 or so women. And in that same weekend, we did an event called Collab Social. It was at a local venue in Scottsdale. We learned a lot of lessons. Oh. <laughs> we learned a lot <laughs> that always of happens with events. <laughs> don't DIY the whole thing yourself. We, no. we never do it again. No, it was amazing. It was an, it was a community oh. event. So it was open to members and non-members. People purchased tickets. Uh, we partnered with some really cool vendors. We had uh, the Good Vibe Media out there doing videography. We had uh, Lola's Tacos doing catering. We did uh, Bougie Mood with all of our decor. And we learned, you know, we're in a U-Haul, sweating our faces <laughs> off, unloading and loading Um rentals, like a hundred chairs and tables yeah. and no. oh my gosh, yeah. never again. Yeah. Never again. <laughs> the event was amazing. That part, not so much. Um, but it was, I think it was great for us because it was almost a trial run for the event that you're talking yes. about for us to know as we're going into, um, what Sarah's referring to is we're, we're going to be hosting a large scale women's conference and really going into that, obviously at a much greater scale, like what are our non-negotiables, mm -hmm. right? What are the things that are not our best yes? And then what are the things that we are comfortable doing on our own? Um, so yeah, we are actually, ironically enough, I think next week, uh, meeting to start diving into some of the details of venue and looking to host that early 2024. That's so exciting. So I would love to hear, because I know you, you're very passionate about this. What are some of those non-negotiables or things that you've learned through that experience besides like not DIY and everything yourself? <laughs> like, but was, what are some of those that like you guys experience <laughs> that would be helpful for other people to hear about? Yeah. Well, so part of this, when we started deciding that we were going to do a women's conference is we started purchasing tickets to other women's conferences because here we had learned through building this community that the best way and where we found success with the community was by looking at other communities and networking groups we'd been a part of over the course of years. And like Haley said, taking the best parts of it and leaving the parts that we were like, I could have done without that, or that just doesn't seem scalable or whatever. Or like a big value a add. A big value add. So mm -hmm. we took the same type of strategy with events. And so we started attending them. And we would, we were, we were basically participating in these events through two lenses. On the one hand, we were there as excited attendees and perhaps excited about maybe some of the speakers that were there. 
um, and having a great time, but we would always go and like decompress the entire thing afterward. And we would meet and we're like, okay, how was their production? How was their sound? How were the speakers? Um, how was the content? Was it valuable or was it fluffy? What did we think of the aesthetics? What did we think of the venue? And we would just kind of analyze all of these events. And we were taking that and kind of creating our non-negotiables. So, you know, the one is like, no, we're not going to be in a U-Haul carrying our <laughs> Yes. Like that's funny, but it's true. Yeah. Another one true. for us was we noticed at some events that we could tell a huge disparity in their sound where it was cutting out, or you could tell that maybe there wasn't a rehearsal and there would be a lag time. Like, like the they would come on off. stage and they cut off the music before they even got to the stage or like you could just tell that the production team was not on the same page as the hosts of the event. Mm -hmm. And so we were like, okay, that, that is huge. We, we realized that's where we really wanted to, um, put a lot of focus and energy. And, you know, so I, I feel like those two come to mind. What other non-negotiables did we maybe? Yeah, definitely protecting our time and energy. I feel like that was like the biggest thing where we learned like, being the point person and doing everything was not good. I mean, I laugh. I look back at the video footage from Collab Social and I have like the worst RBF in all, <laughs> in all, in all of the footage because I was just stressed. Like it was a lot. It was hot. It was in September in Phoenix outside, right? It was in e the evening, but it was warm. I was in a blazer and pants. And so it was just, it was hot. And it was like, we put too much on our plate trying to save a buck, honestly. I mean, not that it didn't cost us a fair amount, but we were trying to find the ways to save and we should have placed that savings in other areas. So I think that is the big thing as far as um, like protecting, having those boundaries and understanding like what are the best uses of our time and energy? What are the things that we should be uh, empowering other people to do on our behalf? Um, I think the other thing that was big for us on the non-negotiables was again, just like the experience, like creating an experience for people that feels welcoming, right? I think just like Steph was saying, even with our member meetings, like that is on in the grand scheme of things, such a small scale compared to these large conferences. And I've walked into them by myself and I am a raging extrovert. And I even have walked into these things and I'm like, it feels overwhelming. It feels intimidating. It doesn't feel like, I don't know, uh, calming to me. And I feel like there's a balance where finding that energy of like, you're excited, but you're not intimidated at the same time. So, um, our list is like kind of obscure. We actually have like a list of, of a grid, <laughs> like all of our yeah. things and like the buckets. And so I think, um, those are the things that I would say are on our, like, top level non-negotiable list is everything isn't better DIY, right? Like there's some things that you can to try to save on the cost. Um, this, the day of planner, that was like a non-negotiable had to have someone yeah, yeah, where like somebody is like there, they are the point person, unless this place is on fire, nobody better be coming to us <laughs> about any issue that's happening in, in, you know, the background. And I mean, as you know, that is not a small investment, right? Investing yeah. in a partner is not a small investment. However, I will hands down place my money there and figure out ways to cut somewhere else before I will be trying to DIY it. It's just not worth it. 
I mean, we found that even in small events, yeah. it's just, it's too much. Yeah. And I think all of the items that you said are just from an event planner perspective, like my non-negotiables that I talk about too, is like, just like you said, protecting your time, having like volunteers, having people like a planner that can help that day of, and then just, you know, making sure that even if, like, you know, for some reason you can't afford an event planner, just having like a lead volunteer and having people that are like welcoming people when they come in and just managing all the logistics behind the scenes and then production it's funny you said that because that's something I noticed right away too is that even just that lag in music where it just doesn't seem seamless mm -hmm. and you really want a good production team for even like speakers that have last minute changes or things happen unexpectedly behind stage like you want a team that can just like really confidently take care of all of that so you don't have to worry about that so yeah, I definitely like agree with all those. Those are so good. And then I wanted to pop back to this since we said we were going to talk about it. But when you have like your live meetings or, you know, when you have events, things like that, like how do you go out to your members or you find people that can like bring in things like the coffee and, and is that something they donate? And I'd love to kind of just hear about that. Oh, that's such a great question. So that's, that's very much a way where we can support and really lift up the members and support their business. So we don't ask them to come in and do any sort of like freebies or perks. So just because we have this intimate knowledge of what each member does and, you know, cause as they come in and they're a member, we're getting all their information. Mm -hmm. We're, we're the ones loading their information into the website directory. So we get to kind of get yeah. this backstage of who they are and what they offer. So we knew, you know, Hey, we have a girl that does cold brew. We have a couple women in the group that do, um, baked goods. They have bakeries yeah, and charcuterie. charcuterie. Yeah. So whenever there's any sort of event meeting, whatever scale it might be, we're going to go to the community first. So rather than supporting these massive franchises mm -hmm. or ordering bulk stuff on Amazon or from Costco, if we know a member can create it and that's what they do, we are always going to go to them first. Even if we have to say, here's our budget on it. Yeah. What can we do with this budget? And so any type of event that we've put on the retreat, the collab social, mm -hmm. um, the meetings, everything we've done thus far all of the details, um, swag bags, decor, charcuterie, everything is member provided or done by another female business, which has been really cool. Oh, I love that. And I love how you mentioned about not always being a freebie. Like, you know, it's so nice to ask people to do that and then pay them for their services or their goods because it's surprising how many people don't do that. They just feel like, okay, that's a benefit that you get to promote your stuff at my event. So, you know, donate all of this product and it's a lot for a small business. So I think that's a really great point that you made and the way you, you guys look at that is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we want, like, we want them to do well too. Yeah. So I think just being able to support them, even if when we do like drops of merch, if we do like merch for our community and stuff like that, we will tell the P like whoever the businesses that we're using within the community or even outside the community, you know, you charge whatever you would normally charge. Uh, we don't keep inventory. So we have them order directly through them. So we will be a part of like the design process and creating it and like what it will aesthetically look like, but then they do it. And then we just have them order it directly through them. Because again, I don't want them to feel like we're asking for something unreasonable. Have there been instances where people have donated things? Yes, but we will never, never ask. We will never ask. Nope. If they come and say, hey, I would love to donate this for a swag bag or whatever the case may be, sure, but we don't want to put people in that awkward position. 
Yeah, I love that. And I mean, I think with a lot of events, people do donate things for the swag bags to get their mm -hmm. product out there. So there's definitely, like you mentioned, there's situations when that that makes sense. But I think just having that at the top of mind is thinking about that business first and like, hey, this is, you know, we take care of them as a business as well, you know. So I love that. And then one other thing I wanted to go into is just partnerships. So when you guys started building this together, we know, Haley, you're doing the social media. So how did you guys decide like what your role is going to be within this business? And have you kind of stuck to that or has things evolved? I feel like, so we've been friends for like 27 years. <laughs> so I feel like we know what is each other's best yes and what is not. And we're very in tune with that for ourselves as well. So there are certain things that we keep in our own lanes, right? And so whether it's things we enjoy to do more than others or things we're just simply better at more than others, but then there is some stuff that lives a little bit in the middle. Um, I feel strongly that this this community would not be doing as well as it is if it was only one of us. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of times, especially when we both have other businesses as well, that we just simply have to pick each other up or pick up the slack or, um, you know, really talk each other off a ledge every once in a while. Um, and for sure. so I think <laughs> if we, have, we do have things that are, you know, where we've sat down and it's like, okay, I'm going to handle all of the marketing stuff. Okay. Stephanie's going to handle like all the financial stuff. And so we have things that are in our own lanes and then there's some stuff that is like in the middle. Um, we just divide and conquer on yeah. that. Yeah, we are, um, we're being grownups in 2023 and implementing <laughs> project management software because we have done everything like we have a system, but it's like not the most streamlined. And so we're trying to like get our ish together. Um, so yeah, we are going to use a project management system um, that we're actually in the process of building out. And so that will give us a lot more visibility too, of kind of seeing where things are overlapping, especially now that we've expanded to additional offers um, outside of the traditional membership and events and things like that. We need a better way to like see everything overlapping so that we're making sure our timelines are getting hit and we're not like focusing over here when mm -hmm. stuff over here needs attention. Yeah. And on that topic of systems for the members, do you have like a Facebook group or is it a different type of platform where they can connect between meetings? Yep. So they are, they're in a private Facebook community okay. right now. And that is crazy active. That's we thought we were awesome. going to have to put a lot of work into that in the beginning to get them talking. And after a couple of prompts, they like took over. They took, I mean, they're, they're like, step aside. They're amazing. <laughs> um, so much business happens because of that. Um, so it's really neat. So they're in a private Facebook community. We are looking at, and I can't even think of what it's called, but I probably don't, I don't, I don't even know. We're looking Is it discord? Just yeah, discord right now. Would I say an app or a, a host system? It, it will be an app. So we're looking at a separate platform where, where we will essentially white label and have mm. an app where it will, there will be a desktop version, but also an app version where they can have all of those notifications kind of consolidated in one place. Um, because Facebook is great because people know how to use it. Most people have it. The downfall is I, the functionality and like the organization mm -hmm. drives me crazy because that's majorly lacking. And also your notifications just get buried mm -hmm. with your other yeah. stuff. Um, I, at this point, simply use Facebook for that community only. Right. So there's not a whole lot happening in my notifications, but I know a lot of people will say, well, I didn't see that or how did I miss it? And so we just... I think are really in tune with the fact that it would be ideal if it could live somewhere else. And so they would know 
those notifications are for collab culture only and have mm -hmm. a better way to kind of organize the types of things that people are asking because people are posting anything from looking for a resource or would somebody mind looking at this or what are your thoughts on this or promotions and events that they have going on, um, asking people to vote in polls. Like if I had these two offers, would you be more prone to purchase A or B? There's all kinds of stuff that's happening. And then obviously we post our um, virtual trainings in there as well. So we meet online and then we post the recording in there for people to watch the playback. Yeah, I love that because I feel like that's one thing that is missing from some groups is just, you know, if you can only connect at the meetings and not throughout the month, like you said, there's so much like business happening and friendships and connections like throughout that month with everybody that they may not see at the meeting, you know, because it is a bigger group. So I love that you guys do that. And that's exciting that you're getting all of these like new platforms in place and everything. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a big reason why our community does connect so much outside of the group is because that you know, avenue is there for them to do it. We laugh. We'll always say when we see people like quote in the wild, when we'll be out <laughs> outside of a meeting and we'll be, you know, at a coffee shop or we'll be at a pop-up event or we'll be out and about in, you know, our area and we'll see members together. And it could have been members that didn't even know each other a month ago. Right. And now they're out, you know, brainstorming about doing a workshop together or just simply meeting for coffee or they're at the park with their kids on a play date. And so I truly believe that that is like a differentiator because mm -hmm. you exactly nailed it on the head. A lot of times you would go to these things, you kind of get yourself together, you go, you show up, you do the thing for a couple hours and you literally don't think about it until it hits your calendar for another month. Yeah, exactly. Oh, doesn't it just like, just make you so excited when you see people connecting in your group like outside like that. And then just you guys as best friends for so long have built this like amazing community together. It's just, it's so exciting. And you have just shared so many amazing tips around building community events, retreats, all of that. So I just love this conversation. Is there anything else that you guys want to share? I think the only thing we didn't mention, and I didn't even realize it way back when is, you know, we are super hyper, we are hyper local to the mm -hmm. West Valley outside of, you know, the Phoenix area, but we have, we do have one offer. It's brand new this year to, um, to collab culture. That is a virtual only component mm -hmm. and it's something called CEO blueprint. And so we actually just launched it. It's an eight week intensive where we take certain members, um, that have joined this program through an intensive where we just really deep dive on their business for eight weeks through a guided uh, workbook and just get their business to the next level. So that has been fun. And I think that is, that's a really cool offering that we're excited about because it does allow us to serve those that are not in the West Valley. If they're still looking to connect or grow their business and they want mentorship, that is one way we can work with them, yeah. even if they are outside of Arizona or our area of the Valley. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's perfect for everybody listening that's not in Arizona to know about that. And I'll definitely drop that in the episode notes. And what's where's your favorite place to connect with people? Is it Instagram? Instagram for sure. Yeah. Yes. That's where Haley's favorite place to connect with. <laughs> <laughs> like our website, like, our website at the meeting. Yeah. <laughs> our website has a bunch of great information on it as well about our memberships. We have a really cool membership directory on there that has contact information, bios, headshots of all of our members. You can filter it by industry if you're looking for something specific. Uh, which is really cool. But yeah, I would say that most of our interaction is taking place on Instagram. 
Um, so yeah, if you get in the DMs, you'll be chatting with me. <laughs> yes. Not with Stephanie. You'll be chatting with Haley. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you at the meetings. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, thank you ladies so much. This was just incredible. And I'm just loving everything you're doing in your business. And I can't wait to connect with you soon. Awesome. Thanks oh, for likewise. having us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. I know your time is valuable and I appreciate it that you spent it with me. If you are enjoying this podcast, I would love, love if you can rate it five stars and write a review. This helps us get the podcast out to more people. And if you want to connect, I am on Instagram at Eventer Brush and I would love to hear from you. Thanks and have a great day.